Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 78 on The Story Tinker about Midnight Populand. And today we have Elizabeth and Kat and Jen, and I will let these ladies introduce themselves and tell you about the cool stuff that they do. Here we go. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I'm also known as Begonia Rex around Instagram and AO3. Um, I've been on the podcast before, but for those of you who haven't heard me before, I'm writing or rewriting right now a very long MPL fanfic called A Lily for Torah, um, which also has some very nice art in it by Kat. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll use that as my segue. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, hi, uh, I'm Kat or Kat's Tiny on uh, Instagram. And uh, I bleh, hair in my face. Um, what I do is a uh, fan art, mostly appropriate, some of the time not. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's what I do. Slightly inappropriate pictures. That's my <laughs> and I've never been on here before. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm Jen. I think this is my third time doing the podcast. Uh, I live in Central Florida, and I am just a fan of all your guys's artwork as well as your fanfics and uh, Lily's wonderful comics. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm happy that you guys are all here. So thank you so much. All right, so let's take it away. This episode is going to be cool. So we start off with a little bit of the recap from last time, where Tora finally admits that he is falling in love with her. Amazing admission, shocked us all. Well, didn't shock us, but like we were so excited to hear it. And now we start off with we thought that they were gonna have to rush back to Nehru. We were like, what's happening to you? This is terrible. He's in <laughs> danger. We were all ready for like this horrible. I I about you. I was thinking that this next like series of episodes would be mafia and shootouts and hiding and action, or whatever. Totally wrong. <laughs> we get a <laughs> And then it's like, saying, bro, it's you. Did you receive the motion sensor alarm? And then there's you looking cute at the button. And he's like, I figured I'd test the motion sensor system to make sure it's working properly. My hands were full and I didn't have my earphones on, so I couldn't pick up your calls. Like, no, you, you couldn't like notify him beforehand. <laughs> um, I, I do have to say, Lily Dusk is like, such a troll in a good way right because we're all like oh it's like it's so scary and intense it's gonna be this like super intense like drive back to Naren and we're all like and it's just like he was like tur, tur, tur. all the swerves <laughs> and she like deliberately makes his face all cutesy because like to contrast with like he thought that it was gonna be dangerous no it's just you being a cutie pie Oh my god. I appreciate that you called him cute as a button because he actually looks like a button this time around. <laughs> just like she her uh cartoony like chibi game in this episode is strong. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was adorable. I laughed so much during this episode. It was great. I laughed out loud, literally. 
<laughs> I know it's but these days we have to say literally after laugh out loud because like it's not literal anymore. <laughs> no, now you just do like kind of heavy like nose breathing if you're actually doing like a LOL. Like, hmm. And then you're like, oh, that's an LOL moment right there. Just <laughs> <laughs> but I actually laughed out loud a lot here. So if you, you know, we see a video chat, he's pointing up at the balcony, looking as cute again. And Toro's like, da, 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 da. Anyway, I'm heading over to Chevy's after the shift is over. You'll be back at Naren by then, right? He's like, and Toro's like, three work shifts in a row. Don't you need a rest? Told you I need to come to me if you need money, which again is very nice. I totally feel for you because there was a time in my life where I worked insane hours and it was terrible. And I feel bad for you. So, uh, <laughs> And he's like, gee, they grow since memory is so paternal. But of course, right, Tora is showing the nice side of him, telling him he can come to him if he needs money, which is great. Hey, thank you, punk. <laughs> okay, who are you? What did you do to my big bro? Do you think uh, do you think Tora is nicer because Poppy is around? Yeah. Happy? Well, she was the one who originally was like, he's like, what do you want me to say? And she's like, uh, thank you. Say thank you. Right? He's learning to like express some basic emotions but I like mm -hmm. how he turns it on where she was all sweet and like oh you could say thank you you know smile and he's just like say thank you punk <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. and then he's like since you're here it might be a bit of a stretch because of lack of info but look up this person for me as well and I was so happy to see this come around because anyway let's do it so he says I guess you could keep the underground uh, oh, we're going back to um the conversation with Quincy Mm -hmm. and he's talking about Poppy and you know like her being it being dangerous for her to be around and Quincy tells Hora I guess you could keep it underground or she could pose as a disposable piece which is like very sad to hear like that obviously like the mafia people have like these disposable pieces like that's what their like women are okay so I don't know if she'd be happy about that and those come with their own risks and then Tora of course is like well, I thought, this is rich. I thought you were trying to set us up. <laughs> and yeah, go ahead. Jen, you're like, we'll say, you want to say something? No, no. I'm just like kind of shocked that Quincy is as cavalier about all this as he is, because I really thought that he was into like the love matchmaking and not just like a hookup for Torah. So, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I was just kind of shocked. So well, and then I, and then he's like, I don't even know why people like my books so much. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, why do you, why do you write erotica then? <laughs> Maybe just to upset his dad. Maybe that's like the purpose. Just to learn men. <laughs> just to stick it to him. No, no, I think, I actually think that Quincy, Quincy's right. He says, I sucked at this romance craft. I think that Quincy never had a model for romance in his personal life. I don't think his parents, whoever his mom is, I doubt she's around. I don't think Vincent and her had a, like a loving relationship. And I think that maybe Quincy writing all this romance novel was like a way of him trying to get what he never got. And I think he's right. He probably doesn't know how to have a, like a real relationship and how to have real love. Hmm. Pretty but yeah, you're right. When he says, like, I was only gunning for a friends with benefits thing. Yeah, I, I also didn't think so. I thought he wanted, like, real love. Maybe that's the only thing he is used to, friends with benefits, or like his dad's version of friends with, you know, women's side pieces of benefits or whatever. Eye candy, arm candy, whatever. That was probably he, some truth to that. Yeah. Well, and he probably didn't even think, like, Toro would go as far as he has either. Mm -hmm. right I think 
we talked about this last time, I think that he is very optimistic, Quincy. And sometimes maybe he's like tripping over his own feet because he's like, yeah, yeah, you should do this, you should do this. But then when he actually is doing it, when Tori is actually falling in love, he's like, wait, this is really happening? Like, it's not just my fantasy that I'm pushing on you because I'm like a big romance and optimist. So I think now that like the reality is hitting him in the face, he's like, wait, 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 it's dangerous. And like, take it, like take it slow or be careful. Because I guess at the end of the day, he actually isn't completely unrealistic and does have some sense of like, reality <laughs> so and he continues i mean the chemistry you two have is off the freaking charts at least this much i can tell and he's like oh you can't even keep your hands off each other long enough to scratch your backsides or something says who tora is like totally embarrassed and blushing <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he has been caught does anyone with a pair of eyes yep which you wonder, like, at the party, how much the, like, the thuglets all picked up, probably, on that Tora likes Poppy. <laughs> right. Yeah, staring at her all night. <laughs> yeah, and also, actually, uh, even before this episode, he was super big on, like, all those little touches and stuff, like, putting her shoe back on at the party and lifting her up. And actually, what am I talking about? Not little touches. He's like, like, he's swinging her around all the time. Now that I think about it, he's super into, you know, like, physical touch and, like, skinship and stuff. He's been doing that from the get-go. He really shouldn't be that shocked that people are picking up on it. Right. Yeah, I was, when we when we were doing the party episodes back back before the break, I really was surprised that he was so open with it like it was in public there were tons of people around so yeah I think that he can't can't really help himself with her <laughs> it's against his will and he just is drawn to her <laughs> and he's like okay look I'm not asking you to change your mind or give up on her so just chill I'll always support whatever choice you make and miss editor too and that's like that's the Quincy we you know know and love the supportive mm-hmm. friend but I honest to God would never have set you up if I knew how much you'd be into her I thought it was just a lust thing which is interesting like do you think he never would have set him up because he was worried for the consequences I don't know it's very odd like it I still this feels weird for me because I definitely thought that Quincy was like sincere about this from the beginning so I'm honestly just as thrown as Tora is right now when he's like what are you talking about like wasn't this your idea like I don't know it's just like it's still like I I don't I don't know. I don't know if I like this side to him because it kind of feels a little like, uh, like, I, I don't know, not two-faced, that's too mean, but like- Kind of flippant. A little bit, yeah. And just like, it's kind of a bummer. I'm like a huge like Quincy fan. And I just always assumed that he was like, you know, raw, raw main couple. Mm-hmm. And now that he's like getting kind of lukewarm on me, I'm just like, oh, geez, okay. <laughs> like, I wonder, oh, sorry, Jen, what were you saying? No, no, go ahead. I wonder if there's a side to Quincy that uh, like maybe involuntarily is a little jealous that his friend is getting true love and he's not. And maybe that's why he's like unconsciously a little bit trying to sabotage. Like, the conscious part of him is supportive. Like, right, he does say at the end, I'll support you. Because that's like who he wants to be. But maybe there's a part of him that is a little jealous and like that's coming out without even, even knowing, which I think is very human. Maybe yeah. he might be projecting a little bit because that's... Uh, what like Tora and Poppy are starting to get might be what he envisioned for himself with like Cordy or like one of his other like previous partners or something. And like, 
maybe now he's just like, or it could be that, you know, because of his upbringing and stuff, he doesn't see emotional investment as a good thing, like definitely as like a bad thing, you know, judging by the example that his dad's been setting for him. And so maybe he does think that he's trying to protect Tora from a potentially bad thing on an emotional level, you know, like, cause he didn't have a good experience with it. I'm wondering if it's just that he is just so shocked that Tora is actually interested and wants a relationship with somebody versus like never having that before. So maybe he just never thought it would go that far. Right. That's what mm-hmm. he says. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder because you it's been it's been a subject of speculation since the beginning, but you know how like the original byline of the comic was the love triangle, right? Mm-hmm. And Lily was like, oh, that's not a big deal. Don't worry. But in other places, she has referred to it more recently. And I think it's Patreon. I'm not going to talk about it. But she has kind of referred to it in a way that made me wonder, maybe it's going to show up. So maybe oh, this God. is like, Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. It's like, I mean, like, I'm all for, like, a plot twist and everything. But, like, I'm so attached to Quincy just being himself and stuff. And I don't want any reason to dislike him. And I know that would happen if he, like kind of turns the tables and starts to become but I mean then again is he like the kind of person like who would come between you know like someone he really cares about and like their partner the person that they like like it doesn't really seem to fit with him you know personality wise but then again what do I know because apparently I thought he was sincere about this and I guess not but yeah just <laughs> uh it would be for great drama I mean it's like a whole like oh my brother betraying me there could be that whole thing i mean maybe we wouldn't like it but it would be very emotional yeah oh boy love triangles <laughs> friends to enemies i don't know okay i don't know maybe i'm making it more dramatic and dark than it'll be but <laughs> maybe i mean like when you say it like that though i'm not entirely opposed to it it's just like i mean because it's like one of those things where you would love to hate it like if does that make any sense at all yeah but yeah yeah, I mean, I love Quincy, and right now he's, okay, so right now he's a big fluffball, right? But honestly, I think Quincy is not fulfilling his potential, right? He's kind of avoiding the responsibilities of life because he doesn't want to get dragged into the whole mafia affair. But if he would, you know, either compete with Tora for Poppy or in some other way, like it would at least make him be less passive in his life because right now I think he's passive in many ways because he doesn't have the energy to deal with his life and it would make him a little more assertive and mature and like more of a full person if he went after what he wanted I mean he goes after what he wants with his romance novel right but he's obviously very avoidant of the main issue in his life and needs to develop I do think he needs to develop that he's definitely going after Cordy though like I mean because he's like obsessed with her and I don't know because he's not like he's not making her commit to him he's not he's just like begging her to like spend time with him but he's not saying hey Cordy what what am I to you like do you care about me do you want to be with me like I don't know he's I think he's too afraid no I mean we don't know if they've had that conversation yet but I mean he asked her permission before like hanging out with like other people on like a physical level you know and uh and yeah yes. Like, uh, before, I think, like, didn't he mention something, like, when he was uh, in the car on the way home with, like, another guy, and he was like, uh, get, I have to call, you know, like, and make sure oh, this I think is- he, he was calling, trying to call Benjamin with that. 
Mm-hmm. Oh God. Okay. But yeah. it was when he was carrying Torah up to his apartment, right. and Torah's like "f you," and he's like, "Well, you'll have to ask Courtney's permission yes, first. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. There she it doesn't is. like to share. I was like, I know I'm not making this up in my head. Like, yeah, I, no. it's a thing. I, yeah. I think he was just joking because he then goes right ahead and sleeps with the either the club owner. I don't think they have a serious relationship, and I don't think she expects him to be just with her. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if he is ready to have like an exclusive relationship either well and it could be that because he's like the heir of two mafia clans like he might have to have like a political marriage Mm -hmm. um because like it seems like vincent is very concerned about like bloodlines and like blood purity um like he mentions that when he's talking to Torah and like I could totally see like Quincy not committing to anybody because he can't and instead of like dwelling on it it seems like he's just really just kind of flippant about like dating people or hooking up with people and maybe that's just sort of a coping mechanism too yeah that's very possible Mm -hmm. Yeah, and my wish for Quincy is like, I know personally for me, I had this whole thing where I had to go rebel against my parents to get my life basically. And, you know, it, I'm not going to say it wasn't easy because it's like, in a way, that's the only path I could have chosen. But it always irks me when people don't do that, when people listen to their parents and let them choose their life for them. And I'm like, just do it, do whatever you need to do, rebel, get out of it. You know, like, I'm like, and I'm waiting for Quincy to do that because I feel like he's just letting people make his decisions for him so i'm hoping that quincy like that's his growth in this comic that he'll step up to the plate and do something you know mm. so well and i think seems he will. like with their conversation as we keep going like right? there yes. seems like there's something brewing yeah absolutely let's, let's get to that so he tells him um you know i thought it was just a lust thing and torah like puts his hand over his eyes and sighs and quincy says i mean even cordy said so when I met her after we left Gudruns. And then Torla kind of like perks up and asks him, and who's she working for again? <laughs> At which point Quincy gets thrown off and he's like, Cordelia, some volume affiliated clan, why? And he's like, Cordelia's, um, and he can clan neutral bro. He or she doesn't bring clan business into her personal life like me. And I've known her almost as long as you since we were teens, which we didn't know before, okay? You won't interfere with my personal affairs or act on behalf of my old man, at least not until D-Day, right? Our agreement still stands, right? Okay, people, bum, 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 what does this mean? Mm-hmm. What's D-Day? What is the agreement? Maybe that's part of Torah stepping back from clan affairs for a while. Yeah, it could be. I mean, like people are talking about also like a overthrow, you know, to like uh, put someone else in power. I mean, a lot of people online are saying Torah, but personally, I don't think so, because A, mm. he doesn't strike me as someone who's particularly power hungry. You know, he's more like, like, damn it, I just want my own life. Leave me alone. Um, but Quincy, on the other hand, like maybe like it's time for him to take his place as sort of like the heir, but change the culture a little bit. I don't know, but like, but then again, like looking at this particular 
speech bubble anyway, acting on behalf of my old man. So maybe this has something to do with like the clan as a whole. And it's not about overthrowing a rebellion of any kind, but it's about the clan moving as a group to make some sort of drastic change, you know, that Vincent actually wants. And maybe that is a potentially dangerous change that could endanger a lot of people. I don't know, but that's just a theory. I've always thought it's odd that like, Tora is apparently like super highly skilled and specialized and kind of it almost seems like outside the clan hierarchy because like I forget which episode it was way way back at like um Club Miracle like Shing Ma was talking to Claude and was like um you know Tor is the same rank as me, but that's only because he's too lazy to climb the ranks. Um, and he says something to Claude that's like blurred out. So we still don't know what that's about or like what Tor's role is. Um, but it was enough for like Claude to kind of freak out. And so I think like, you know, why would Tora be only Quincy's bodyguard? Like Vincent even was like, you know, will you do this, like, sniper job for me? And Tor was kind of like, mm. like, it's just like, oh, right, you don't really do that anymore. So I'm really curious, like, what is this agreement for? Like, is it based on, like, something that happened two years ago? And that's why Tor kind of stopped being, you know, as public as the Tiger of Airy Street. I feel like it's more future uh, just because of what they're talking about. But I'm curious if it's like both how both of them get out. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It does sound like they have some kind of truce, you know, Mm -hmm. like if one makes a move, the other one will have like will support 100%, you know, even if it means like defecting or whatever. Like it sounds like they're kind of ride or die. So, Mm yeah. Yeah. You won't interfere with my personal affairs, though. That's like a strange. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like the agreement is that he won't interfere or act on behalf of his old man. So I think that maybe the old man, like you were saying, Elizabeth, probably wants him to his his love life, right, to have a political marriage. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Cordy is my personal life, right? Cordy's what I want, or like at least some kind of interaction with her is what he wants." And yes, well, I don't Chris- know. Oh, sorry. D-Day might be, I'm inclined to think, the first thought was D-Day is like, oh, they'll take over the clan, they'll get rid of Vincent, whatever. But it could also be that D-Day is Vincent's D-Day. We're like, okay, Quincy, now you step into the limelight and do the public marriage. Maybe Quincy's like, okay, I have my freedom until then, and then I have to step into this role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he even mentions, like, he doesn't bring clan affairs into his personal life, and neither does Cordy. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. if, like, whatever Cordy's involved with, like, they just sort of have this, like, agreement not to talk about it when they're together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very intriguing. I don't, I, I feel like I just, it's a question. Like, I don't feel like I know mm-hmm. what's going on, which is good. Going mm-hmm. back to Cordy, I find it interesting that Tora doesn't know them when, like, they've known each other for so long. It is true. They seem to like, like the degree at which they know each other for sure. Like I definitely didn't picture like Quincy and Cordy knowing each other from like their teens. Like I was like, what? what?" Like that's Mm -hmm. definitely didn't strike me that way. That was a surprise for sure. So 
and it, we've seen in like previous episodes that like Quincy and Tora basically grew up together, you know, were kids together, uh, younger even. And like, so how their paths never collided up until this point is very bizarre. Yeah, that seems strange to me. And that Tora didn't know who Cordy was. And like, it seemed like Cordy hadn't met Tora before either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange. Very strange. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll find out. There's a reason. But Tora is finally trying to find out about her. He's like, tells you, Cordelia, plan attorney for an unknown Baltimore affiliate, goes by he or she, 27, 28 years of age, got a big bro. And so is going to do some snooping. Don't let Quincy know about this or it'll effing kill me for snooping. Don't worry, big bro, you should stay with me. And he tells him, I've been sleeping on that asshole Cordy and whoever she's working for, which I don't know why, right? Maybe because he didn't want to interfere in Quincy's life, hurt Quincy. But I agree with him. I think that he was sleeping on Cordy. Like, he should have done research, right? I mean, like, like the, the heir of the mafia clan, I'm sure people are out to get him, right? You know, it's a dangerous position to be in. And so I'm, I'm glad that he's finally trying to find out who she is. And, you know, I think it'll definitely be something. I don't know what, but it'll be something. Yeah, you wonder if like Quincy just didn't talk about her for a really long time. Yeah. Because like, if he's like, I've known her since we were teens and like Tora doesn't even know that. So I'm curious, like, how much time Tora and Quincy actually spent around each other um, when they were older. Because yeah. we, like, so far we've seen, like, them as kids when Vincent and Quincy are going to the beach and Quincy's like, oh, I wanted Tora to come to the beach. And then we've seen one picture of the Aries Street Kings that has Tora and Quincy in it but we actually haven't seen much oh and then him like telling Poppy about pantsing him (laughs) (laughs) but like we haven't seen too much yet like how much they've actually like been involved like how close they are to each other before now Mm -hmm. maybe also Quincy didn't want to talk about Cordy because he didn't want the one personal thing in his life to be taken away Mm mm-hmm it is true it's very it's very possible he is much more private than we previously thought and maybe like this is kind of where Tora's not loyalty that's not really fair is like called into question but like he is working for Vincent you know and he seems to be very much like loyal to him like not because he wants to be but he is and Quincy, knowing that very well, may have purposefully hidden this, knowing that Tora would be obligated to say something, you know, to Vincent. And, like, so he just chose to kind of avoid that entire collide. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it seems super surprising, too, that Tora didn't do, like, his background on Cordy, considering, you know, he did it on Poppy's boss, and obviously he cares for Poppy, but it doesn't seem like that's as close to him as somebody who's dating Quincy, so... I just find that interesting, unless he's just so distracted with Poppy right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I agree. I mean, and maybe it was a part of him that also was like, you know, knew he should be looking into Cordy, but didn't want to, like, offend Quincy or jump into his territory. 
I mean, you know, sometimes we don't all make the best decisions because of our emotions. But I'm very curious as to what will, what will show up when he does, you know, his research. And then he continues, last question. Would you say that someone like a computer engineer could hack into the system, switch up the addresses, and not have that shit be discovered in years? And he's like kind of the side eye glance while he's talking. And he's like, are you referring to Miss Poppy's Moonbright address that got switched with some random families? There's a chance it's a system glitch, but I don't know yet, big bro. It's a high-risk operation. I'll need time to figure it out. But assuming it isn't a glitch, a highly skilled computer engineer or whatever might be able to they have to be some kind of genius to pull it off this flawlessly without getting caught. Hmm. It's like, huh? Why do I always end up with that analytical strategy work? And click, I didn't even go to college for fuck's sake, whatever. Brain's officially dead. Can't even ask Bobby for a pay raise. So, who do you think switched it, guys? <laughs> I think Poppy's dad or Ned and June. Because they, they all worked together at Hi. the same place. What we do we know anything about what he did, Poppy's dad? An accounting? Is, uh, that this, what, is, that, is that what's assumed? Uh they said oh, computer, he was a computer engineer. Well, okay. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. I or I forgot it either way. Yeah, I, so, I always pictured him doing something a lot more wholesome. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's been mentioned. Yeah. The computer engineer thing just felt like weirdly specific for her to mention because she was like because he's like oh who are they um and she was like oh those are that's ned and june like they worked with my dad at a computer engineering company and i was just like that's kind of an interesting detail and i think it came up one more time and i was just like like after seeing that her address was switched in the system i was like hmm Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has something to do with them directly, though. I mean, they don't exactly strike me as like the body and Clyde type, you know, like the <laughs> just like, <they're... laughs> like the fact that like her dad worked at this company that mm-hmm. we don't know anything about it. Yeah, yet, but just it's interesting now that Tora's kind of like she's like, oh, my dad was a computer engineer. And then Tora's like, could a computer engineer do this? Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, that would certainly make sense that he would want to keep Poppy safe. So mm-hmm. her dad. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be like some behind the scenes work by her mom too. There's a lot we still don't know about her. And mm-hmm. she definitely strikes me as the type to go above and beyond to ensure, you know, say, like she just seems like a very severe woman from what we've seen. So I wouldn't really put it past her to kind of go to Poppy's dad and say you need to do this to protect our family or like protect whatever she's involved with if she's involved with anything and like I like it could be a behind the scenes thing from her too like with her influence right I think you're you're totally right that we don't know anything about her mom and I honestly think Lily is like red herring us if I if, the, if I'm using the phrase correctly I think we're we're led to assume that Poppy's mom is like oh she's just she's just like she left her family she was in the business I think we're gonna have this big surprise with her mom and she's not who we think she is or it could end up being that weird because like I've seen all the theories of like Poppy's mom is in the mafia and like there are all these mm-hmm. theories about like random characters in the background for a while like that's poppy's mom this is poppy's mom (laughs) um gil is actually poppy's mom's brother (laughs) um 
<laughs> it was like, the best. Um, which I, I love, like, all the, like, theorizing for that. But I feel like we focused so much on her mom because, like, of that one picture where she looked kind of pissed off. But I think, like, Lily Dusk is so good at throwing people off. So I really wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being Poppy's dad who did a bunch of yeah. this stuff. Oh, and he's he the looks... one with the mafia ties. Oh. He's the cutest little mafia king ever. Because he, like, <laughs> he looks like a cinnamon roll. Like, he's the one who, like, taught her how to make rice balls and, like, climbed in trees with her. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. But he was the one who was, like, concerned about the white van that white van and them getting out of the tree which seemed kind of interesting feels like we're playing a game of clue (laughs) all these characters it was poppy's dad in the bedroom with a computer (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it's too much for Tora. so um let's do part two now which is jen you uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Okay, so here we have Tora finally off the phone. This is kind of embarrassing, but false alarm. So we find out that their beautiful moment was interrupted for no good reason. Don't we love that? <laughs> Stop that writing. And Poppy looks just as thrown. Yeah, Poppy <laughs> is all of us. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, like her face is just kind of like, are you kidding? A false alarm. Uh, and then Tora's about to say, yeah, we don't need to go anywhere. Terribly interrupted, big bro, how? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then we get our second interruption. Mm. All right, so we got a picture of doors, blood dripping down from someone's hand. This definitely got me worried when I saw that. I was just like, oh, yes. God, what's happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we go. Here's our first <laughs> glimpse of Damien. Oh, good evening, Miss Poppy. And she's peeking out behind Tora's arm. Oh no, Damien. And then we get our first cartoony picture of Tora. Pinky, what in the world? I'll get the first aid kit and Poppy's running away. Wait with him outside the house, Tora. So we have no idea what's wrong, but we're assuming it's something dumb based on Tora's expression. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and there he is. There's Damien in all of his soaking leech attached glory. <laughs> With his born to be wild shirt. That's what makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, the contrast between like trying to be cool and looking not cool at all. <laughs> or he looks like a little kid right here, like a toddler. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, so here he is. Sorry I'm late, big bro. I went to take a piss and fell into a puddle or something. What kind of puddle are we talking about? Like, is this his roundabout way of saying that he went to the bathroom in Poppy's Lake or, like, tried to, like, just, or pond? And all right, so he's covered in leeches. I think think this is showing that he's such a city boy. He doesn't know how to describe bodies of water. Like, I think he doesn't know the word for pond. Or, like, oh, no. There's the bay. By the city, and that's it. <laughs> and so then he asks, How do I get these things off without dying? Isn't that the million dollar question? <laughs> so I will say 
this episode, like once we get past the you conversation, which feels like, oh, there's all this really good information. And then it's just like, David's like, how oh, we have covered in leeches. <laughs> um, and I've been in spots where like people get leeches, but like usually you get like one, maybe two on you and you'll, you'll have to have been in the water for a while mm-hmm. but he has like <laughs> one for each extremity yeah at least and i was like dude that was not a puddle yep <laughs> and then we've got the little frog on his Stop shoulder it off with the frog <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't even notice the frog i think i love the expression on the frog just like the what come at me just like <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> Oh, I feel so bad for David. If I, I don't think God, I never had leeches on me, but I would probably not react very well. Oh, they're oh, so gross. Oh God, I'd lose it. Just no, 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 no. No, thank you. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't know. What do you have to do? Like, I, I know that the first time I came across the concept of leeches was watching Amazing Panda Adventures. You ever watched it? Like a 90s movie? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, one of my favorite movies as a kid, but they, they, they like are in this lake and they get leeches on them. I remember I was so terrified because they're like leeches and they start yelling and I was like, what are leeches? What are they? What's happening? And I'm like, so I'm like, I'm like, I fear in my heart just watching, looking at this. Yeah, apparently getting them off isn't as easy as it looks. Like in the movies or like in books, like you hear about people just yanking them off. No, you cannot do that. No, no. I have to look up what to do just in case. Again, they have like teeth all this. around, like kind of have to like work it off. Like, oh, it's God. like a tick because if you just go and pull a tick off, their head will stay under your skin. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally reading how to remove a leech now. Oh, this looks so gross, I can't even look at it. It's so freaking disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you believe there was like a point in time where people did this on purpose, like no. leeching? <laughs> just like, okay, I'm gonna put one here, one here. Like, uh-uh. sorry. I'm- discuss tolerance yeah yeah i might be a city girl but i've spent a lot of time in northern minnesota so i'm like we went to the headwaters of the mississippi and like you can actually walk across right there but like there was one side where you didn't go because that was where all the leeches were and we were just standing there watching like the tourists just kind of like walk through and then like and like oh splash around in the water ha 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 and we're all just standing there like Oh, no. you, you didn't warn them. <laughs> I mean, they were they were too far away. But like, uh. um, this was when I was a kid, so we're just kind of like, uh. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's where the leeches are. And then, like five minutes later, they're all running out screaming because oh, no. <laughs> they had leeches on them. Oh god! Oh, ah. um. All right, so the removal of the leeches. Plop. Hmm. All right, great. They're coming off. Poppy is tasked with removing these brave girl. I salute her. Uh, we just have to remove them carefully so the suckers don't get stuck in your skin. She knows what she's talking about. That could cause a nasty infection. And Damien is completely grossed out. Poor Damien. Um, he says, oh, that's disgusting. I know, but it doesn't hurt, does it? And he says, not really. Well, kudos to him because I've heard that it hurts like crazy, but all right. What do I know? Uh, you never find out yeah oh god amen um all right but that's a shit ton of blood yep seems like they've been feeding for a while i wonder if she means that they've been feeding off him specifically or like yeah if they've just like had their like 
how long has he been walking around with these leeches on, man? <laughs> well, he said he did get lost. Oh, that is true. That maybe, is true. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't her leeches. Like, yeah. yeah. Here he is, just gushing in blood. <laughs> uh, anyway, once they're all off, just clean up the blood and, and disinfect the bites. You'll be okay. Mm, there she is, being very calm about this whole thing, like she does this all the time. Which maybe she did when she was a kid. And we have Tora just observing the whole thing in his boxers. <laughs> and his cutesy face. They're so cute, all the faces. Yeah. yeah, I love how Poppy's just like, yeah, yeah, here's all the information about leeches, like blah, blah, blah. And like Tora and Damien are just like, you just see like their respect for her just like going up. Because <laughs> I remember Tora was like, when they like first got there, and he's like, ah, that's where she gets her like hamster balls of steel from. She grew up out here. Mm hmm. Yes, I have a friend over for the holiday and we were outside and there was a spider and my other friend totally freaked out and the friend who was here literally walked over, picked up the spider with her hand and like threw it out. I'm like, where I'm, and everyone was like, wow. You your hands. We were very impressed. So, yeah. All right. Uh, where's my cutoff point for this? Oh, when the way, frog just... jumps at Tora's face. Lovely. All right. Okay, so now Damien, you can see the respect. He's saying, gee, I'm not gonna bleed to death, am I Miss Poppy? I think it's so cute that he calls her Miss Poppy. Poppy. It's the cutest thing. He's got the little like blush blush marks. Like respect, respect. That's respect right there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. It's trying to, it's obviously trying to portray the contrast between like basically all of Tora's crew, like the Thuglas, right? That they call them. Mm -hmm. They're presented to be very like hue and like not harmful and like the other thugs are like bad people they're like cute people and like we'll see a little bit later like mm, i don't know <laughs> it's, it's tough but like we're literally trying to like humanize them you know mm. make us like them she succeeds i do, I do she love, does like, succeed we know that they have like been on Aries Street like their whole life. So I just love that David's like, oh gee, I'm not gonna plead to death them. I miss Poppy. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, like, can you try to make the cute little lady fuss over you more? He loves it. <laughs> he loves the attention. Oh, you know, like the thuggets are just eating it up at the party to like talking with Poppy. Right. <laughs> exactly yeah. which is also by the way like okay we don't know their family background and how if they have a mom or parents and yeah it could be that poppy is also filling a little bit that role for them like they see a reliable affectionate healthy person mm -hmm. and you know maybe they never had that in their life or they just see her as like a really cute pet almost <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> um all right so Poppy says, eh, not likely, still very cavalier, but we can get you in an emergency clinic in town if you're worried. And Damien says, oh, I'm good, but I've never seen this much blood in my life before. And then we have Tora looking wholly unimpressed. <laughs> it's just <And> like... <laughs> I usually do not laugh out loud when I'm reading things like like cows and I usually just look kind of like thing like but this I literally had to set my phone down and laugh because like the expressions are just so good and this one just tore I mean like really he knows what's going on <laughs> he sees him and Damien's just milking this for all he's worth <laughs> I think I'm gonna be sick 
and Poppy's just being sweet. He's like, oh no, hang in there, Damien, you'll be okay. And you can just tell Tora's just like, okay. Like, you think that I made you work out before, just wait. <laughs> just, <laughs> all right. So now he starts to call him out. Never seen this much blood before, Pinky, really? <laughs> and Pinky knows that he has messed up and he's been caught. His face. Oh my Another god. Another good face. <laughs> so flipping cute. I love it. Like he face. remembers that he's there. The tour is also there. You can't just like lie his way through. <laughs> oh boy. And here we go. Here's the money shots down here. We see the thuglets plus a gu, if I'm seeing yeah. this correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a pile of bodies <laughs> all getting slapped around. And oh, then we have the glamour shot next. And this is like, I liked Brian before, but this particular like illustration of him, I was like, hello. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I see you with your finger gun. He's Mr. Crazy Eyes. Oh my God. Like the crazy eyes are, wow. I'm here for it. I like this shot was so good. I was like, this feels like the cover to like heavy metal album. Yeah. So true. And you have Gyu looking all menacing, which is so off-brand. That's the first yeah. time we've seen him looking that way. Mm-hmm. I have been saying for a while, like, Gyu looks sweet, but there's no way Tora would have just left him on his own at Poppy's apartment if he couldn't, like, kick yeah, ass. That's true. Because yeah. he, like, put that one thuglet in his place, like, right Oops. away at the party and, like, did not even, like, ruffle his shirt. Yeah, but I, I was surprised. I thought you just like did tech for the clan. I didn't think he got his hands dirty. I really did not. Oh, yeah. oh see, when I saw him like beat that thuglet up at the club and they're just kind of like, whatever, and he's totally fine, I was like, yeah, I'm sure Tor taught him how to fight. Yeah, that's you nonchalantly beating people up, taking names. Didn't see it um, and with this, did people notice the mm-hmm. emblem that's mm-hmm. on them is a stylized kanji for tiger? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it is the same kanji that's on Tora's back. This is just more of like a typeface font of it. Mm-hmm. Like I looked it up and I was like, yeah, that's the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what got people talking about the potential uprising thing too, because they're like, oh, okay. So we see that their loyalty pretty much is to him. Like that's like, mm-hmm. it's Taurus crest that they're wearing, you know, not like the Bothman, like that's not appearing anywhere. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that also reinforces like, well, A, that some people were saying like he had his own group. But it's it's both emblematic of like his power in the clan that he had his own group, and also I think of their connection to him. You know that they belong to him, and I think that may have been like a replacement family for them as well. The fact that they wanted to cling to Torah, and like he was their protector. So it I think it speaks very well to Torah as being, in a way, a little bit of a father figure to them. When I find it interesting that all the other, like clan symbols or gang symbols that we've seen so far have been tattooed Mm. so like the rose clan they've got like the big um roses um with the baltimore crest i don't think we've seen what the nine daggers is yet but like but it's i find it interesting that taurus guys 
as far as we know, don't have that tattooed on them. Like mm -hmm. the shot where we see it is, it's just on their jackets. And I'm, mm -hmm. part of me thinks Tora wouldn't make anyone or want or, them to or want them to take it because it seems like he didn't really want to get the Balsamin brand yeah I can totally see like all these little thuglets being like hey big bro we should totally get this tattoo right and him just backhanding all of them like absolutely not don't yeah. dare <laughs> here you could wear this sweater that has it on there if you really have to <laughs> but I mean like part of that I think too is that like you know I think I've seen it talked about before where like Tor tries to hide the Balthamon brand whenever he can. Mm. So like he has his hair long or like um, when he delivers the painting to Mr. Lom and he pulls his hood off, like he specifically leaves the hood a little higher on that side of his neck to cover it up. And like, you know, just he knows wherever he goes, like people look at that first. Mm. And I think he wouldn't want that for like, his guys like Tora can never escape from being connected to the Balthmans. Um, and it seems like he would care enough about his own guys to not want them like kind of forever marked. Right. Yeah. And that also just again shows us how Tora doesn't want this life and is the opposite of how he was raised. All right, yeah, so we have this uh, badass shot of them, and then going down, we see a zoom in on Damien's face, and he's looking absolutely psychotic with his mouth, like, going forever, like, well past his eyes, and covered in blood and looking like he's enjoying every minute of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, vampire, I got vampire vibes here with little blood and, like, flicking mm -hmm. hair or something. <laughs> and a lot of people found this very sexy I don't know did you I did not but that I never found Damien sexy period but <gasps> what it's, did really? you oh, I thought this was a pretty sexy shot like with the lighting <laughs> and like the lighting is pretty good yeah the very intense eyes I mean in real life would I find a man covered in blood looking kind of crazy sexy no <laughs> <laughs> it's odd though some people do it's so weird you know, like, I was like, hey, hey, we were just talking about this. Like, those ladies that write to prisoners on death row, like, oh the God. serial killers. Yeah. It's a thing, all right? People yeah, are into it. Yeah, no, 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 it. I know it is. But I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is a sexy panel, but, like, not not in real life. <laughs> just for the comic. And I've always found Damien to be presented like a child, so I was never into him. But whatever. Well, I think good looking but with this particular panel if I like put my finger over like where his mouth is so I can't see it anymore then I think he's good looking <laughs> but the mouth is like a little too much for me it's a little yeah. like okay he's definitely good looking but he just seems like an immature child to me but whatever <laughs> but I think the thuglets probably have like two modes is like derp mode where they just run their mouths and then apparently like badass kick kick everybody's asses mode yeah mm -hmm. very endearing i stand for both of them <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love uh men with many facets gotta love it <laughs> nice way of putting it okay <laughs> Varied interests, even. Let's put it right. that way. <laughs> Layered, complex. <laughs> I, I love how we go from like Damien looking like 
kind of psychotic and menacing back to now with like a frog on his head. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Your turn. Now we're back to the other side, the derp side. The derp side. So he's just like, yeah. maybe just a couple times. And then the frog climbs up his head. He just doesn't even seem to notice <laughs> that there's a frog on him. Um, no, he's more uh, like uh, like upset with the fact that he just got called out by Tora. <laughs> and then the little frog has like a little crown and blushes and little hearts and is like ribbit <laughs> looking at Tora. Oh, <laughs> and I died. Because, and then the, the frog just leaps straight towards Tora's face and you just see his soul leaving his body. <laughs> And with, with the, the little least. hearts with the little hearts and frog's just like ah right in his face and poppy just does not even notice she's like do you need help with the bandages i'm not too good with them though and damien is like no problem miss poppy big bro can do that he used to patch us up when we got into fights all the time and so like and then dora's just gone from behind <laughs> poppy like she is just completely oblivious and she and Damien are just talking and we don't know where Tora is at this moment. <laughs> but I just like how it's like he is literally like right behind her and then he's just gone. I thought he fainted at first when he first <laughs> saw it, like that he was gone. <laughs> She's so like, like, oh wow, that's very nice of him. Damien says, yeah, he's a hero to all his little bros. Oh, wow. He's real mean at times, but he takes real good care of his men. When he was still active on the streets, everyone wanted to follow him, but he only took in the few of us. Me, Giyu, Brian. And then Poppy just says, oh, wow, again. And like, I think she's just trying to get him to talk here about Tora because she literally says, oh, wow, three times. <laughs> Actually, four. Four times. That's all she says. And then Damien just keeps going. Um, and we get this moment of Tora with a very young Damien. Tora's like, how many of them? Damien's like, five, and they're all bigger than me. Well, where was Brian? Brian had remedial classes. <laughs> Of you were course. alone? Then you should have run away, stupid. Damon's like, big bro, Taurus men never run away. And I love that, like, Damon's got to be, like, 12, 13 or something here. Like, it's just, like, a little schoolboy is like, yeah, and you're, we're your men. And Taurus just like, okay. Sitting there smoking, stoic yeah. face, little downturned mouth. Like, so checking, check, checking Damien's arm. Oh my Damien, God. Damien's like, our big bro is the biggest, baddest, and strongest at Aries Street. And then Poppy again says, oh, wow. And she turns and looks at Tora doing like the flaily get the frog off me dance. <laughs> In his smiley face boxers. Oh, dude. That, that, before we continue, like that flashback just shows us again what a kind heart Tora had. You know, he's he pretends he's all tough and he has this maybe like stoic exterior, but he's taking care of Brian and he's talking to him and asking him. And, you know, he's, he's like, he really is like a fatherly figure for them, which is impressive considering he never had a father figure himself. So mm -hmm. it's just, we keep getting like glimpses into what a good person Torah is. And, you know, he's exceptionally good and not just given his upbringing, but I think he's just, he's a better person than most average people would be even mm -hmm. without 
the mafia stuff to hold him back. So, I mean, well, the just, fact that like Damien is like everyone wanted to follow him, but he only took in the few of us. So like, we saw when like Damien and Brian and like a whole group like beat up Giyu and made them take him to him. But like, it seems like out of that whole crowd, like Tora only took a few of them. I think he has like a criteria, you know, like I think he probably looks for people like him who have nothing else, you know, mm. like who their only other option is like, that's the closest thing that they'll ever have to a real bond, you know, kind of taking them under his wing, so to speak. And also like tiny little side note, insignificant thing. I love that Lily Dusk shows the passage of time for Toro by his tattoos, like, uh -huh. and, like the mm -hmm. length of his hair, like seeing them just like as half sleeves. And then like later on, I just, oh, I love it. Yeah, detail. instead of having to be like XX number of years ago, you're just like, oh yeah, that's Tora when he was a teenager. Yeah. And that maybe cool. mm -hmm. yep. Maybe also back to um Tora choosing his people, he might have only chosen people who had good in them. Like he might not have allowed people who were like actually cruel. I mean, uh, it's hard to say that them beating people up, it's hard to like, it's hard to see it. I mean. We don't know who they beat up and why they beat them up and what they did before, but like, not great. But I'm gonna kind of assume that anyone who Tora chose to be close to him has redemptibility. Like they do have a good soul. Mm. Yeah. Well, and the fact that like, even how he's talking to Damien here, instead of being like, um, like when we see kid Tora with Vincent and Vincent's like, oh, are you scared? Why are you crying then? Like, I don't have any use for like weak children. But here, like Damien's all beat up and Tora's like not giving him a hard time about getting beat up. Like he's clearly like checking his arm. Um, and he's just like, well, then you should have just run away. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, if you were by yourself and there were five of them and they were bigger than you, like you should have just run away. And then Damien's one was like, we don't run away. Um, but like the fact that like Tor's focus wasn't on like, oh, you need to prove yourself or something. Like, it's like, you should be like, be safe. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> but yeah, and then like the fact that Damien's like, our big bro is the biggest, baddest, and strongest on Aries Street. And I think, like, Poppy is probably, like, she literally only says, oh, wow, like, well, Damien's talking. I think she's just kind of trying to, like, put that together with, like, Tora now. Where it's like, you know, it's really funny. And, the, like, he's, like, flailing around in the background with the fact that, like, he's supposed to be this, like, really dangerous lauded like figure in the criminal underworld but then he's also like in her house in his smiley face box yeah. <laughs> domestic torah gotta love it <laughs> and i love that david's just like again is like big bro help me <laughs> do my bandages and she's just kind of standing there like watching and you're like you could just sort of see like She's just trying to like process all this information. And then she's like, oh yeah, Taurus said we're staying put after all, which means we're really spending the night together. Mm. So, okay, so I will say I was a little disappointed in what happened afterwards, but this 
does make me realize why Torah decided what he decided because she does seem a bit anxious hmm. about the thought of spending the night with him and that I don't know I think that this panel actually is the start of a turning point like where like we can see that maybe like after just kind of processing for a second like she might be kind of into it you know like hmm. like I don't know like for me it feels like a little bit of a turning point where her uh some of her anxieties might be turning into excitement a little bit, but maybe that's just be totally fetishizing, <laughs> like, you know, like her kind of look, but I, I don't know, that's just me. Like, I, I just felt like- huh. was Well, and the fact that she, I think like she invited him to stay with her. And then when she was like, oh, Damien can stay in my grandma's room, doesn't seem like there's another bedroom. So like, it seems like she was, once she said, yeah, Damien can stay here. Like she was kind of like, yeah, and I'll let Tora stay in my room. Mm -hmm. But like probably feeling awkward and not knowing how to bring it up. And then like Damien was just telling her like, yeah, Tora can be rough around the edges, but like he takes care of the people that he cares about. Mm -hmm. And she's probably watching Tora right there. Like, okay, come on, like, flips the frog off or whatever and starts, like, patching Damien up. <laughs> yeah, the next part is hilarious. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite songs, by the way. Not because I I actually hate the whole thing with Snow White where he literally sees her for five seconds and he's like, just talk to her, they don't talk. And the prince is like, oh, I'm gonna marry you. Like, I, I hate it so much, but I do love the song. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think into it that much when I was a kid. I accepted it at face value. Like when he was like, oh, I love her, I'm gonna marry her. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just, just accepted it. Like, okay, like, absolutely, totally get it. <laughs> But I love that, like, Damien's in the bathroom now, just, like, splashing around and, like, singing super loud. I think that's adorable. And, like, honestly, this, like, totally warms me to him even more. Like, it's... If that's the song he chooses to sing. Hey, he's a Disney fan. I think this is absolutely adorable. And honestly, it makes me, like... I know that like for a lot of people, this is like one of those things where it's like, oh, he's like a cute younger brother. And for me, like finding out he's like also like a Disney fan and probably like a closet romantic, clearly, you know, cause of like the whole thing with like Erdie and he was like interested in her right away. And like now he's singing Disney love ballads for me. I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just when I didn't even know what it was that from at first until I saw the comments. Mm -hmm. But I just thought that he's like, one day my prince will come. I can, and then, can I sing it? I love this song. I'm gonna, oh yeah, I'm I don't even know the, the melody. It goes, one day my prince will come. Anyway, I'll, I'll sing each line as we get to it. If I yeah. remember. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and then it says, after making food for Damien and Torah, again. Hungry um, guys. She's thinking, but is my bed too small for the both of us? Shoot, maybe he'd prefer sleeping on the floor, but I don't have any more spare sheets. Now, the only one for me, I'm trying to remember, I think is a, the only one for me. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember which. I think she switched around, around some of the lyrics. Yeah, it's on the right words. Like a copyright thing. But also, mm. like, I think she's picking lyrics based on what's for happening. these panels. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Poppy here isn't thinking about like 
do I want to share my bed with Tori? It's more just like, oh, is it too small? Is he going to be comfortable? Like, you know, but I don't have any more spare sheets for him. And so like, I love that she's obviously comfortable enough with the idea of him spending the night, but now she's kind of thinking about like, you know, I'm okay with this, but is he comfortable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, and the fact that she even thinks to herself, like, you know, when she was at his apartment when he was sick and the fact that he was sleeping on the floor, like, she's like, well, maybe that's just where he's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I love that she doesn't judge him. Like a lot of people would think mm-hmm. it's weird that he's sleeping on the floor and that there's something wrong with him, but she is not trying to fix him. And I think that mm-hmm. she rec- she knows Quincy told her that he feels safer on the floor. So she knows that it's coming from his trauma, but a lot of people when they have encounter their partner and their partner has an issue, like a psychological issue, they want to fix it. And mm. understandably so. Like I did that with my husband. And I was like, well, I have to fix him, I have to fix him. And she got to the point where it took me years to accept, which is like, you have to accept somebody as they are. And I'm very impressed that she's able to accept his trauma. And yes, obviously it is something that should be fixed. Like we should try to fix our traumas, but she's able to accept, okay, this is who he is. And he has mm. his traumas and I'm not going to try to fix it right away. I'm very impressed with that. Well, and I love that, you know, on the left side of the panel, we're getting her thinking about like, is he going to be comfortable? Is, you know, this will, will this be restful for him kind of thing? And then we have Damien singing the only one for me. I like when I think of him singing, I literally think of like that, uh, that like five second video of like that seagull that's like leaning all the way back, like just belting like. But <laughs> 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 he does seem to be getting louder. <laughs> I just picture squawking, just like I, for some reason in my head, he can't sing. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so like, I love that. I'm just like her thinking about wanting him to be comfortable in her home because now she's comfortable with him like she's comfortable enough to wear what she wants she's comfortable enough to put his shirt on um and like she seems like she's not thinking like does he want to share a bed with me or like you know do I want this it's like is he going to be comfortable um, yeah, it's like two sides. Like uh, mm-hmm. the overall thing, like the big picture stuff for her seems very natural. It's only like the little stuff, like the little details here and there that she seems to be like kind of overthinking a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, maybe this, maybe this. But the overall concept of like spending the night with him and staying together in the same bed, she's not even like, she's just glossing over it. Like, yeah, that's happening. Okay. And then- I don't know. I, I actually interpret all her little worries as being her way of being anxious about the big thing without hmm. expressing it to herself but, but I see both I see both I, I can see both interpretations so yeah well and then he comes up and says hey I cleared up the stuff outside um and then we have David saying nobody like him <laughs> and probably gets a little badump thank you and then she says I'll ask him um Tora would you prefer and then she gets cut off by Damien just belting out um, and I realize I don't actually know the song as well as I thought I did because I <laughs> no those aren't lyrics to the song oh, okay, that's made up. <laughs> was he strong and handsome big and tall and I just love that like yes. <laughs> just like he is. Oh, I know where out. this is from he's singing the dialogue of the seven dwarves like they were asking questions about the prince in the movie okay and the, oh, okay I get it now 
So he's essentially doing a impromptu medley of Snow White. <laughs> like the little badump to me, like it doesn't seem like she's nervous. Maybe like, you know, she's getting a little blush because he's touching her and then she's going to ask him what he wants, mm. which like she doesn't get to finish. But the fact that like, that's what she's going to ask him first. Like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's but dumping because Mr. Strong, sexy, big, and handsome is right behind her. Uh, That's yeah. excitement right there. Like yes. her personal space is getting invaded and she is into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. These passages are so well done. Like I <laughs> I mean, I get like turned on by this. This is like hubby, oh. <laughs> like goes like, my husband, I'm like, come here, you know. <laughs> I need my big strong handsome guy now, you <laughs> know. So when I was reading this, um, like usually my husband's downstairs at his computer and my my computer and I hang out in the living room, but sometimes he'll like pop in and especially if I'm like rereading the comic. Um, but with this one, he came upstairs and he was like, and I'm like laughing and smiling and like giggling. And he's, he's like, oh, I, I take it. It was a good episode tonight. <laughs> Because, like, Fridays, he knows that, like, right before 8, I'll post my analysis for the free episode. And then it's, like, two-ish hours, hour and a half. I'm just, like, freaking out on Instagram and Discord and rereading the comic at least twice. But it'll come up and he just, like, I'm just, like, sitting there with this big smile on my face. Yeah, it's great. I have said numerous times that my poppy land has done wonders for my sex life. So, yep. <laughs> The, the latest secret garden that came out on patreon so it came out right before the holiday started and i was like i'm saving it i'm not looking at it now i need to use i need to use this for like when it can actually be useful <laughs> but i had like five minutes i was like i'm not no i'm saving it <laughs> well and speaking of getting turned on poppy gets <laughs> even more red <laughs> and he's like it's- prefer to what and she's just like yeah I'd probably short circuit too if I got my neck kissed like that yes (laughs) yeah this is where you take over (laughs) oh sorry gotcha Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah so he pretty much says anyway I'll bunk with pinky tonight so he kind of just I guess yeah I'm kind of surprised that he does that but maybe like you said maybe he thinks that she's nervous and he's just trying to make it easy on her yeah he's being considerate damn him i know i was like no 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 you cock blocked yourself we were so close and then damien screams singing did he steal a kiss he's so romantic you can't resist <laughs> he stole a kiss yes he did anybody know where that line's from still dialogue i can't believe i know this i'm not even hesitating oh, either white dialogue yeah okay. still okay and then she says huh with damien okay <laughs> and she's like sounds cool so she seems kind of like unsure of that but i love that panel though like the change in like sorry this is like my artsy part coming out but like the perspective like at first he's like all up in her space like very close but then after he says that the new perspective of the shot he suddenly looks very far away you know like she looks a lot smaller a lot further and 
like the distance between them seems to have grown a little bit. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I emblematic was nerding or, out. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's a visual representation of what he just said that they're not going to be together, and I think she's like ambivalent. I, I think that. Oh, see, I read it as disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the I fact think that so. we don't see her face for like two panels, and she doesn't turn and look at him, she's just kind of like, okay, and just as well. I mean, for us mere mortals, like my face would be terrible. I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> it's take me a minute. <laughs> Listen, I think I also was I was disappointed personally, but then like thinking back at it, I think that Poppy, if she really would have wanted Tora to sleep with her, she could have told him. So I think she was not ready. Hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I read it as disappointment just because like she doesn't move and she doesn't like look at him. Like she just sort of stands there and just kind of like, okay. I think uh, I think you're both right. I think you're both right. Like I think um, it's a very big possibility that she isn't ready, but she wants to be. You know, mm. and um, yeah, like you know, like she. I feel like she was kind of hyping herself up to take this really big step, and then the choice kind of was made for her. And so I think there's like a little bit of deflating happening. You know, oh, that's like, that's what I was kind of thinking. Deflating. Yeah. And I think she's just like, like uh, okay, I guess that's cool. And, you know, I think it's a bit of both. Hmm. That's good yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's very relatable. I clearly, yeah. I, you know, life is never super one thing or the other. It's always a mix, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's very relatable for someone like, you know, it's their first time and they want it, but they don't want it. They're nervous. Yeah. Like, I totally agree that she definitely could have said something, but I think that's the part where like, yeah, she's not ready enough where she does say something. Mm. And also as well, in defense of everybody in this comic, I would not want my first time with that tall, dark man to be <laughs> with uh, Damien in the next room and singing this song. <laughs> Agreed. I'm just saying, totally. if we're picking like time, place, like <laughs> circumstance, this isn't it. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. And you know, it's funny because I don't think, I think if they would have slept together, I don't think they would have actually slept, slept together. I think they would have just slept mm. in the same bed. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they would have had sex. But I, yeah, I hear. But like, yeah, I think maybe even Tora doesn't want that. He could be like, well, if I'm going to spend the night with her, like, I want it to actually like, not be thinking about the fact yeah like, like damien's right there maybe feeling more inhibited mm -hmm. yeah no it is interesting that when he says wedding bells will ring he's clearly now singing out of tune <laughs> yep as far as you know wedding bells will ring oh yeah that's right except for like that scary high pitch that snow white can get to that like the right she ears like, always pop, like, like all the way up just like i can like feel my eardrums just go just... i'm like damien's apparently trying and failing to hit that props man props it's all that they're having this conversation like over this just shriek screaming like <laughs> shriek singing yeah, shriek singing warbling uh, and he just says we'll see you in the morning mm. and then he keeps singing one day choke and then he says Tora says oi pinky and pinky starts coughing and he says shut the hell up you sound like a dying rooster 
And then he says, well, at least I'm not completely tone deaf like your big bro. And he said, yeah, get over here, you little. Which is interesting because I feel like it's not often that they um, like trash talk him. Like I feel like they're mm-hmm. usually afraid to. So I thought that was kind of cute that he actually is kind of giving being, it back to Tora. Being like the obstinate little brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, oh, yeah. I feel like normally they're very like serious with him. Kind of deferential. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time we're seeing them not in public either. That's True. what I was gonna say too. True. Yeah, it's like off the clock. Like Damien definitely strikes me as like the needy type. Like, and I think he's almost like excited, like uh, going in before all this, like being like, "Yeah, big bro, like take care of me, like help me." And you know, because like he's not particularly distraught at that point, but he kind of seems almost excited to be like taken care of by someone he idolizes. You know, the way you kind of might idolize an older sibling. And- mm. Yeah. And this definitely feels like a sibling to where he's like, "You sound like a dying rooster." Well, at least I'm not tone deaf. <laughs> and the roughhousing commences. Yeah. yeah right. So then we standing there. Yeah, Bobby's just still standing there. Still bummed. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I take it as disappointment, I think. Mm. So then we see her going into her bedroom and she says, Ugh, I'm so exhausted. And she thinks about her mom again, that clip back to her when she left. And she said, I haven't thought about my mom leaving in a long time. I remember being butthurt for years, but I didn't feel much emotion from that memory. Mm. Kind of like when Tora talks about his parents, or maybe I'm just completely wiped and maybe a little out, or maybe a little numbed out. Mm. Yeah, I, I wonder, right? Like, because when you have something very bad happen to you, like if you're numb, it's two things. If you have no emotion, it's two things. Either you've completely healed or you're repressing. So which do you think it is? I think that she's repressing big time because I was kind of surprised that she like referred to it as feeling butthurt. Like I was just like, that's a very cavalier, like nonchalant way to talk about what is a very traumatic event for a lot of kids. You (laughs) know, your mom abandoning you. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was like, "Mm, are we like minimizing this a little too much? And Yeah. yeah, that kind of took me by surprise. Well, and the fact that like with like crises, like, my family's been through a lot and like we've dealt with a lot of like medical things like long-term stuff and it's just like you can go for a certain amount of time and be really functional and like keep it together but there comes a point where like all of that stuff catches up with you Mm -hmm. and I think like Poppy's just had like three very emotional like intense weeks like their birthday party was two days ago Mm-hmm. the day before like 24 hours previous she was like running through Aries street practically for her life and now she's in, like in moonbright and i'm like i can't even imagine like the emotional whiplash because mm-hmm. like she confronted jewelry tora shows up from her end completely out of the blue like hours away from where she thought he was um and she wasn't expecting him to be there. And then like her mom comes up and like her dad comes up and like 
her grandma is fine, but was like manipulating her. And then Tora's going to spend the night, but then they're not going to sleep in the same bed. And it's just like, I can only imagine like, she just like, Brian is just like, nope, too much. We're done. Yeah. But, you know, Poppy, like we've discussed, like a lot of people always say, oh, Poppy's so cutesy, but really Poppy is very strong. I'm like, mm-hmm. she's been through a lot. And I totally agree, Kat, that like, you know, her saying butthurt is not the right word for something like that. And it also could just show us a frame into her mind where she minimized her own experience and she never wanted to admit how devastating it was because then she would have to admit how devastating it was and go through all that grieving. And, you know, it's easier to say, oh, it wasn't a big deal or to try to convince herself that it wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal. Well, it seems like she doesn't have much of a vo- emotional vocabulary either. Mm-hmm. Where, like, my observation is anytime she feels a strong emotion and expresses it to somebody, she immediately apologizes for it and makes it sound like worse than it actually was. Mm-hmm. So, like, she apologizes for like dumping on her dean. Um, and then she like apologizes to her grandma for yelling. And I was like, you were literally just standing up for yourself, like pretty calmly in my mind, but it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was yelling. Um, and like Tora is the only person we've seen her actually like fully release on in any way where like she doesn't hold back her, um, like when he encourages her to like, okay, you're angry, be angry. Like, just let it out. And it seems like she has literally never been encouraged to do that before. And so, like, maybe she just doesn't have, like, the vocabulary for, like, deeper emotions because she never felt like she could. Mm -hmm. I feel like she was never validated. Her grandma, like, no offense, I I feel like her grandma is very manipulative. I'm a little uh -uh -uh Mm -hmm. about her. And, like, you know, maybe her grandma doesn't have emotional skills for some reason, because it does seem that she, she wants to be a good grandma, but I think that, yeah, Poppy doesn't, Poppy's dad probably died too early for her, and I don't, you know, he seemed to be emotionally there for her, but her mom, the fact that when her mom left, she's like, oh, mom, don't worry, I'll be, I'll be good, like, that, to me, showed that maybe the mom was, like, very, very not emotionally supportive, to say the least, and that she learned from that interaction to, blame herself and not take her feelings seriously and think that she was always in the wrong and which is why would explain why she gravitated towards someone like jewelry because maybe her mom acted like that and that was like her way of trying to you know get her mom back in a way Hmm. to be with someone who was emotionally like her mom you know well I mean I can sort of actually speak from experience on this one like when you have a parent that like you're you center your entire life over gaining their approval anything that might like offset that approval in any way, like whether it's like an emotional thing or like something like getting grades in school or whatever, like after you spend all that time trying to get that approval, you start to seek it from other people too, like in all of your relationships. And and you start to become more attracted to the people that are less willing to give it, you know, and you like you fixate on that and it's all you think about. So yeah, you do end up to like attracting very toxic relationships because it's what you're used to, you know, you're used to being the one that's constantly chasing Mm -hmm. and trying to get that approval. And it's normal, even if it's not healthy, it's it's what you know. Yeah. Yeah. I I had this theory with Quincy that that's why he's into Cordy. Like Cordy 
treats him very coldly. And I always felt like maybe Quincy is trying to get what he, you know, also duplicate that from his parents, like Vincent being all cold and unemotional and unavailable and him trying to like desperately seeking someone like Vincent but who will actually give it to him, but who isn't. <laughs> yeah. So let's see, Poppy's still laying on the bed thinking about things and she says, I'm really, am I really a commitment phobe? It's not like there's a bunch of men asking for my hand and I'm running from them, but I guess there is a grain of truth in there. And then she says, it's just that this craving and discontent and all these feelings that start popping up when you get attached to someone, it feels like they're like the deeper I get, the more I spiral out of control. Hmm so amen sister that's part of being in a relationship it's messy i feel like this is someone who never got securely attached yeah she's afraid yeah that's the thing like i don't think that makes her a commitment phobe you know like i think there's a difference between like being like a commitment phobe and just being a little afraid you know after Mm -hmm. you've been hurt like justifiably so like, mm-hmm. it's totally fine to be hesitant and to be like, I need a minute to, like, make sure I know myself really well before, like, you know, forking myself over to someone else who might turn out to be just as manipulative as the last person I was with, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm going through that exact situation with, like, one of my girlfriends right now. She's been asking me for advice about this guy who's been, who's so much like jewelry, it's disgusting, but like same thing, like making her question who she is, you know, cause she spent all this time trying to get his approval and he keeps mm-hmm. on dangling it in front of her. And so now that she's like kind of cut things off with him, like she asked me, she was like, she was like, ah, like, I don't want to be alone. I want to start dating again. And I was like, that's like, it makes sense. But like, you know, the past two relationships that she's been in, she got manipulated like crazy by both of these guys. And like, I was like, maybe now's the time to, you know, have confidence in yourself, date yourself for a little bit, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, so that if you come across someone like this again, you're going to know who you are and that there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to change yourself for someone else. And, you know, like she had a really hard time accepting that, like, you know, and I just feel like, you know, Poppy's hesitation here might be stemming from kind of the same thing where she's just getting out of this relationship and she's like trying to figure out like, okay, if this happens again, you know, like she's kind of preparing herself, you know, for the worst. And like, I think that would make her pause for anybody. Not, it's not like a, just a Torah thing, but it's like an anybody thing. And she's really not a commitment phobe because she stayed with Jory yeah. for over five years. Yeah. No, I At definitely think that's not years. fair. Like, she's not. She's not. She's just been through a lot, and she's mm-hmm. just hesitant for a very valid reason. Yeah. And they've only been broken up, like, a few weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> three weeks. It's been three weeks since the start of the comic. Yeah. Yeah. So... But this is the first time that we're seeing her actually, like take time to sort through this stuff mm-hmm. that's true because she had talked to her dean at the beginning of the story and she was like oh i'm gonna go home and journal tonight and then that ended up being the night she and tora met up at ellis's okay. and like so it, it's like it doesn't seem like she's really had the time or given herself the time and quiet to like really think through this 
Mm-hmm. And she seems, and like she was saying at before they went into the club, like she's used to running away from herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like running away from negative feelings, negative thoughts, not wanting to face herself or what she's dealing with. And so it seems like now she's, she is stopping. And right. I think it's very good that she's actually contemplating it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not surprised at, at her reaction at all because, you know, her whole experience throughout her childhood has been people not being there for her, her mom leaving her, her dad leaving her, her granny, mm-hmm. not sure how reliable maybe emotionally not like there for her and um it's not surprising that given all those and jewelry obviously not surprising that given all that she had a very hard time trusting people mm-hmm. and yeah I, I do think it's great that she's finally thinking about it because she needs to and like she seemed like somebody she wants control because it feels safe you know, and being able to run away, she's still in control. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. when they're on Aries Street, like, she's like, oh, my, like, you know, the cab came and she was gone. Like, she ran because she got flustered. Um, and I remember being so annoyed because I was like, you were just thinking about not running away anymore. Um, but here, like, she isn't running away from those emotions and she's like turning them over and kind of made like, you know, is there a grain of truth there? Like, oh, well this, you know, these are the feelings that I'm feeling and like, it feels like it's out of control and I like control, you know, and feeling safe and, you know, probably not feeling emotionally safe with people to be herself. Right. And then if you basically the, the fear is that if you get attached to someone, they're just going to leave her like everyone mm-hmm. else. Left her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a lot to work through. And I, I, I give so much credit to Lily for putting such mature themes, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, before I started reading comics, before I came across Webtoons, um, when I first saw the ads for this on Facebook, I was like, I don't read comics. I'm not going to click on this ad. This is for comics are for babies. I read sophisticated books. And, and, then, and then I started reading it and I fell in love. And I am now, I have reformed for my sins because I was like, <laughs> the graphic comics are just a medium and the story can be as shallow and as deep as the author makes it. Mm-hmm. And like, this is, you know, especially like the more we discuss it, it's like, wow, like the more it's so realistic and it hits on so many issues that people deal with in their lives and I'm just so impressed thank you for validating my existence from middle school up until now (laughs) (laughs) yeah I've been a comic nerd my whole life so I'm right yeah comics have a lot in there um but I'm like with this episode in particular like I've never laughed harder at an MPL episode before but also like she balanced it so well because we had it kind of bookended with, you know, Tora's conversation with Giyu, um, and we get some more information about like Quincy um, and Cordy and like, you know, just some more questions there. And now we're kind of ending with Poppy now, really stopping and talking to herself and asking questions. 
Um, but like just the way that Lily Dusk manages to balance, like, you know, she could have just made this a, just a completely comedic episode and made it really goofy and like, um, you know, but the fact that the humor hits right because like there's all these other things going on um and it doesn't feel out of place like we kind of they sort of needed that breather and we needed that breather after like so much intensity um and so it's like we got to laugh and like enjoy the leeches and the frogs and like um Damien's antics but like now it's like you know Poppy's kind of coming back now and like settling down and being like okay like, I feel like I have the space to process this more. Mm-hmm. Tora, not so much. <laughs> yes, it's meanwhile in Granny's bedroom. The, <laughs> the frogs are peeping in. They've heard, Something. they've heard tell. <laughs> yeah, they've heard, they've heard of the frog prince. There's something flying around the bedroom, which looks like a fly or a dragonfly or something. Oh my God, it's amazing. And then you see Tora and Binky cowering in the corner and then a zoom in on their face of them both just looking miserable. (laughs) Damien's like cuddling with him. Tora Tora gave Damien the sheet. (laughs) And then and then you see Poppy again, looking very flushed. So I'm curious what's going on there. Well, I think he's um, flashing back to when he was like right. with her on the bed. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. You're thinking right. like You're right. I could have been there and yeah. here. Had his little blush. <laughs> no, you're right. That's totally what's happening there. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. I saw somebody saying like, "Oh, I hope he ends up going in there." So I'm curious to see how what she does in the next scene. Um, I, just, I don't know. I just love the big bad thugs. Like we have established now that like Damien can be a badass. Tora's like the biggest badass ever on Airy Street, and they're just like huddling in the corner, powering <laughs> from a, a dragonfly. Yeah, like Ooh. a moth or something, and some frogs <laughs> in the window. So they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so do, do you think they'll end up running to Poppy's room and be like, "Rescue us, Miss Poppy!" And if only, or maybe they're like flailing, and she gets up to see, and it's just like, "Oh my gosh, guys!" and like just takes it. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before for people. Yes, yes. Nah, I think yeah. it's gonna fast forward to the next morning, and it's <laughs> like I think that's probably the most we're gonna get out of this evening, which has been a pretty jam-packed evening, to be fair. But, it's yeah. been a long evening. If, if that happens, they will totally show up like completely tired because they did not get any sleep. Yep, 100%. They're going to have like bags under their eyes, just like that, like to- looking totally unamused. Like that was that like, cool. Oh no, is, is Granny's bedroom not comfortable? They're just like, uh. like, you're trying to kill us, lady. You and the flies. Oh, I have to say, I have to laugh at the fact that, like, ah. Uh, in the discord that cat and i are in like frogs came up like oh, over Did a month ever? ago as like this this joke like it had nothing to do with the comic really it was just frogs are that are this like running joke and all of a sudden they started showing up in the comic and we're like oh that's funny like he's counting the frogs and then with this like more frogs are showing up a frog fan base like it was funny we were like talking on discord like she knows 
How does she know about the frogs? <laughs> and apparently, like, from her comments I've seen on, like, Instagram and stuff, like, she just seems to just really be enjoying the fact that, like, all of us just think the frogs are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the frog first showed up in the analogy with a frog in the pot, and I think that... Oh, that's right, that's right. Bring, you know, bring it in as a comedic stuff, right? Because Papa's like, we are the frog. I think she just decided to put it back in. Well, I, for one, am greatly enjoying it. I just, that panel of the frog just leaping towards Tora's face as he just like, <laughs> you wonder how fast he ran away. <laughs> like, oh, somebody needs to make, like, there's somebody who's made some like NPL gifts um, that I've seen. And like, you know, one of them is just poppy, like smiling, but I really need somebody to make a gift of Torah just like flailing. Yes. <laughs> that would be great. So if anybody's listening, who knows how to do that, please do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I used to remember who it was and I forgot their name right now, but I want to give them crap. I totally forgot who it was. Whatever. Well, someone can, yeah, someone can comment because it was somebody that I should remember the name, but I forgot. <laughs> Anywho, such a good episode. Uh, It was, it was, like you said, it was funny and serious and just had everything in it. It really did. Mm -hmm. Romantic, sexy, everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lovely discussion. As always, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your fantastic insights. It was so good hearing all of you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yes. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons. Susie, Lady Lipris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only, Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Saucy, Tuggles, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alexa, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, and Belda, Shannon, Esther, I'm watching you towards Poppy Seed, Marie, Jen, and Emily Jean. Your support is truly appreciated.